We live in a world that is forever changing, from one day to the next. Now add to that an inner world that is forever at odds with itself. How does one accomplish anything when the only thing that is certain is uncertainty? Welcome to the Lifting with Bipolar podcast, the show designed to be an educational safe haven offering real-world solutions for real-world people. My name is Jonathan Sharko. Living with Bipolar 1 in today's world is a double-edged sword, but I'm here to work through it with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Alrighty, folks, welcome to another episode of the Lifting with Bipolar podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Sharko, and I'm very excited to have our guest, Jasmine Duval on today. Uh, Jasmine, why don't you take a little bit of time at the beginning of the episode to introduce yourself to the audience. Um, hi, I'm Jazz. Uh, I am the Bipolar Badass on Instagram, if you're an Instagram person. Um, and I just uh, absolutely love sharing my story. And that's why I, I lead with the Instagram, because like that's where I share my story. I love um, sharing the ups and downs of bipolar and how you can go after big shit despite um bipolar disorder yeah no that's that's how i originally found uh, jazz was through instagram and uh through her daily stories and just kind of sharing her her journey and her story with living with bipolar disorder it's been really great to watch so uh, what exactly is your handle on instagram again the underscore bipolar underscore badass nice so we'll be, i'll be sure to include that in the show notes and plug you there so um people can follow you as well as well so uh, I did prepare a few questions. Let's kind of just dive right into maybe the first question. So, uh, Jasmine, can you share with us your journey of navigating through the waves of bipolar disorder um, while staying true to your authentic self? Yeah, it's honestly so hard. Um, it's really hard in depressions. Mm -hmm. um, I especially struggle with feeling like my voice is muted when I'm depressed. And I can't speak. And then when I'm manic, hypomanic, I, I just have so much energy. It's like there's not my voice in there sometimes. It's just all these other voices, all these other um... yeah, no, I things can, I can... impacting me, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah, I think like that's a way to good, a good way to kind of uh, describe it like – especially with the depressions, like I, I too kind of feel a similar vein of just being muted when I'm depressed. Like I can't really speak up for myself. And then when I'm manic, it's like, I have all these kind of, um, not maybe, not maybe through like a schizophrenic lens, but just like, there's all these kind of voices and bubbling, like kind of thoughts and things coming out of my, uh, coming out of my mouth. And it's just like, yeah. it's not really my true self. So it's kind of hard to kind of navigate like what's really, who is a real reflection of me, myself, Jonathan. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I struggled with especially like feeling like I am me for a long time. It's like in a depression, I don't feel like I'm me. And when I'm manic or hypomanic, I don't feel like I'm me. I, I think I do until I'm not manic anymore. And then I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think what helps me is I can at least distinguish who I want to be or who I'm identifying as. And that's one thing that I learned through my journey is like I can at least be clear on who I want to be in the future mm -hmm. and who I'm working to be and then get clear on what that means for me right now. What decisions do I need to make right now to 
be that person in the future. And that's really how I've kind of figured out how to be myself throughout it all. But you still struggle. There's still the struggle like we've just been talking about. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just kind of like that journey, yeah, like just of just trying like to find, like it kind of segues into the next kind of follow-up question. It's like, um, like how has your journey influenced your perspective on life and like your personal identity? You know, like how do you like really identify your, as yourself? And um, I'm trying to think of like my lens, like through the lens of like when I'm in, when I'm in my manic phases or when I'm in my depressed phases, like that's not really my, my true identity. It's just kind of like, um, just kind of like a phase or a season or if you will it's not really like my authentic self or my personal identity i don't know if you can really relate to that as well just kind of going through the like the different ebbs and flows of living with bipolar disorder yeah i definitely never want to identify with and Mm -hmm. i know that i still am that person i'm still making those decisions in that moment i still have to be responsible for what happens because of it but I don't want to identify as that person who is so depressed, she's crying, texting her ex. I don't want to identify as that person who is so hypomanic that they can't sit still and can't do their work at work. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to identify as those people. So I'm not going to identify as those people. That's just a season in my life sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit harder and I'm somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. Like, I can think of those times, yeah, like, when I'm depressed and I'm, like, really, I'm, like, I'm not, Jonathan, I'm, like, I'm not the type of person that really isolates themselves and is, like, you know, really um, not really talking to anybody or not the type of person who's not kind of bathing or cleaning or taking care of themselves or hygienics and things like that. And it's just, like, it's, like, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm more of, like, a, am always waking up early, taking care of things, I'm always reaching out, always sociable. Um, and then at the same time, in the same token, on the other side of the manic side, it's, like, I'm not really the type of person who's texting every single person on my phone wanting to start seven businesses wanting to run for president of the united states like all these kind of ideas like you know it'd be it'd be cool to have like these ideas and like stuff like that but it's not really like who's something was like i truly like my, my true identity is just kind of uh definitely like teases out like little notions of the of the bipolar disorder not really like my personal identity so yeah i'm kind of glad we kind of have similar um similar relations and i'm sure like a lot of the listeners too can who live with bipolar disorder maybe you have a friend or family member can really relate to that too so yeah um so amidst the fluctuations of bipolar it can definitely be challenging to distinguish between your authentic voice and the voice influenced bipolar by bipolar um can you share your experience and strategies in maintaining this balance so i think the biggest thing that helps me is really looking at future self and journaling and writing letters to and from her um, and just really getting to know who that future self is through these letters that I write to myself. Um, And it sounds really silly when you say it out loud until you do it. And then it's Mm -hmm. super powerful because you read these letters back or you uh, you're processing as you're writing them and you realize this is who I want to be. This is how I become this person. This is what I do every day. And then it, it breaks it down for our bipolar brain and can we can get a little routine going and we might be able to stick to it for a little while. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I like that strategy. I haven't, uh, I think I maybe heard of something similar. Maybe I think I might do that myself. It's like just thinking of who you want to be in the future, like your future self. And then my, the way my mind works is like kind of reverse engineer it. Like, okay, how do I get to that point? Like, how do I work backwards from there and yeah. just really take a step-by-step approach and kind of 
outline a game plan or a map, if you will, to kind of get to that point. And it's, I think it's good to just take a moment and take a pause and just to, to put pen to paper and really write those letters to your future self and say, hey, you know, this is this is the person that I want to be. This is the person that I aspire to be. And then, and then after you're done writing that letter and kind of communicating to your future self is like, all right, now that I have this piece of paper in my hand, how can I, how do, how do, can I kind of get there? How can I, what kind of strategies can I implement to get to that future self that I really want to be, that I have like this deep burning desire to be obviously like when I'm in that creative state and it's like, I'm kind of pouring my pen, my emotions on the pen, like on the paper, like how do I get there? Like when I'm in more of an analytical mindset, like how do I get there? So really be that, to live that kind of fulfilling life. So yeah, I think that's really a good strategy to kind of yeah. maintain those balances. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing you can do is write like from your hypomanic self, your depressed self, your stable self, all those perspectives. Um, who is your depressed future self? How does she show up for herself or himself? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm used to talking to ladies in my podcast. Oh, um, but how do they show up for themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great angle too. Like, you know, not just like your... Not just the typical. I hate that. I hate the. I hate the term normal, but the quote unquote like stable normal self. I, I have to still find another term for that. But um, you know, yeah, writing through yourself from the future lens of uh, the depressed Jonathan or the depressed Jasmine, or also the hypomanic Jonathan or Jasmine. Like, how do I get to? You know, how do I treat that that person? I think that's kind of the lens, the lane you were going down, right? Yeah. Like, how does depressed Jasmine go after her goals? Okay. Because she's still going after her goals, even if it's just getting after getting out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. even if it's just putting on an outfit so that she feels like she is doing okay. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, even if it's just doing the little things, that's still going after it when you're depressed. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Just, I think that's, and it's good to kind of have that. Do you, do you keep a lot of these letters that you write to yourself? Do you look back on them uh, pretty frequently or just kind of have them in a, in a drawer, in a binder somewhere, maybe? Um, I just have them like in a binder, actually like several notebooks. I'm terrible at keeping things organized, but uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome to read back when I find one of the journals that has some in it and just look back like that's who I wanted to be. And sometimes you're like, man, I've kind of become that person through putting these things in place. And it's really cool to see like your success and build that confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be very rewarding to kind of see that growth, like when you kind of have an opportunity when some time passes to reflect on those letters to your future self and actually see that that's who you've actually become. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. So uh, my next question, it kind of t- ties on the topic like a lot of us, a lot of us do is talks about reading. So uh, reading can often provide solace and understanding. Are there any books authored by individuals with bipolar that have particularly resonated with you or provided valuable insights into your experiences? So I think the number one book by bipolar author right now is Say It Out Loud by Vasavi Kumar. And she is just the bomb.com in all respects. But uh, her book is kind of talking to yourself and how to use the voice you want to use with yourself and Mm -hmm. when to use what voice. And how to play around with that so that it works best for you. And it's a really fun book to just, it's like voice journaling basically. And it's, 
it's amazing for insight on into yourself. Um, I think some other really good ones that I'm reading right now, I'm reading like three books right now. So um, uh, is After Your Bipolar Disorder by Troy Stephen. And mm -hmm. um, it's a really uh, interesting one. It, it's uh, Making Your Bipolar Battle Plan. And I think that's really important. It's actually a staple of some stuff I'm creating. So I'm like so into this book right now. Um, it does cover some medication stuff, so be careful when you're reading it. Like, don't take anything that you read as doctoral advice. And he says this too, but it's just like anytime that anything says medication, it makes me so nervous. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, uh, I'm also reading, reading Crazy Memoir of a Mom Gone Mad by Sharice Jewell. And I just love Sharice. She's like my mentor in real life. She like talks to me through manic episodes and depressed episodes. She's wonderful. Um, but it's so cool that she's also written a book that is the bomb so far. It 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 just makes you feel less alone in your bipolar disorder because you're like, ah, I feel that too. I feel that too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do the same thing. I read multiple books at a time. It's hard to kind of pick up one and read one from beginning to end all the way through, but um yeah, what kind of maybe sparked your interest yeah, aside from obviously maybe living with bipolar disorder yourself? Did you just have a longing to just maybe kind of look for other people to kind of way to connect or maybe to maybe kind of improve your learning or, or your knowledge of bipolar disorder, just maybe get it from a different angle or a different lens um, of learning from bipolar authors? Um, it's mainly uh, learning from bipolar authors is a lot to do with uh, just knowing that your bipolar self is so wise in how to care for yourself. So other bipolar selves are really wise in how to care for bipolar as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's one really awesome thing about reading books by bipolar authors. But what really sparked my interest in it is I am going to start, and I don't want to say coach because a lot of people are really uncomfortable with the term coach. Um, mm -hmm. but I am going to start, uh, helping bipolar women go after their goals. And, um, it, it really helps to have a lot of tools in your toolbox when you are doing that, because not, not everybody's bipolar is the same. I'm not going to be able to slap my coping mechanisms that work really well, that are healthy on somebody else and then be able to, um, do what I think is awesome in their life. You know what I mean? Or yeah. what they think is awesome in their life, more importantly. Um, so reading all these books just gives me more tools in my toolbox to help other people who maybe maybe they can't sit down and journal, but they can do what uh, what it does and say it out loud and just say it out loud and talk to themselves and really learn about themselves that way. Nice. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Uh, the fact that you're kind of pick, picking up this knowledge and adding these tools to your toolbox and that you have a desire to help other people with, especially with this kind of, in my opinion, an underserved community of people who are, um, who are, can be capable of being really high achievers and really making a, a positive impact on the world. So I'm really happy to see that that's kind of the, the market or the niche kind of that you're kind of targeting and that you're kind of helping out your, your other people too. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. do the same thing with my personal training and kind of helping out this kind of community as well. So. Mm -hmm. yeah um, let's, see. let's see here yeah um let's see here with our last couple of questions uh so besides immersing yourself in literature what other techniques or practices have you found invaluable in managing um the roller coaster of emotions that that kind of come with bipolar disorder 
Um, I would say the number one thing is having a great care team. And that includes your therapist, your psychiatrist, your your family, if your family's supportive, if you're not if they're not find friends that are, find someone that you can talk to. And I know that's really hard. When you're really depressed, it's hard to believe that you can talk to anyone. But mm-hmm. I truly believe most people have someone in their life. And if you don't, I'm the bipolar badass on Instagram. Come drop in my DMs because you can at least come say, hey, you don't have to tell me what's going on in your life, but I'll talk to you. Um, so I'm always here. Um, and don't use the excuse that you don't have anybody. Talk to somebody. Um, yeah. And... The next would be um, tracking your moods the best you can. And it's not like I've learned that actually tracking in a journal or even tracking on apps doesn't work very well for me. But tracking in my head works really, really well for me. And tracking on a calendar works well for me. Mm -hmm. So just finding what works for you in the world of care i guess and that's what a care team does that's why care team is the first thing they're going to help you figure out what works for you if you have a good one yeah no i, I like that that's that's such it's, it's so essential to surround yourself with a care team like a talk therapist a psychiatrist a fam, friends and family if you do have access to them as, as well and then um people on online there's an online space as well like people like with your page the bipolar badass and things like that like you can have an opportunity to connect people yeah. online and digitally as well so you always have somebody in your pocket to talk to when you're kind of on this roller coaster of emotions at the time so it's Mm kind of like how i connected with sharice and um she's been so helpful and through um my hypomanic episodes and depressed episodes in the past year like it's amazing to have that community of other people who experience what you experience Mm mm-hmm at least to some extent, because nobody experiences exactly the same thing, but. Yeah. And then are you looking for anything in particular? Like I'm assuming, are you looking for like trends or anything like that when you're tracking your mood? Like just an overall, like maybe if you're tinkering up or maybe going on a, on a downward kind of trend, or is that kind of what you're looking for with there when you're reflecting on your mood yeah. chart or calendar? Yeah. So it's just reflecting, Hey, where am I at right now? Okay. I'm probably hypomanic. I'm like a seven. Mm-hmm. I'm like a seven or an eight. Um, and then trying to write it down when I think of it, because it's really good to share with your doctor. That's the really important part. So that's mm-hmm. the calendar part is writing it down so you can share with your doctor or your therapist, because I know I get to psychiatry appointments and I can't remember. And that's the hard part. Yeah. It's like we take these medications that make our memory shit and then also episodes make our memory shit. Um, I don't know if you have the same experience, but I, I've talked to yeah. many, a bipolar individual um, who experiences that. So um, we just, uh, you can go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. 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 I was, I was going to say, yes, I, I've, I've had memory issues with as well, just like in being in like manic states as well. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, writing it on a calendar so you can share that with your psychiatrist and your care team um, is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Can you even do this? Like, do you have to do it once a day or can you maybe even do it like multiple times a day for maybe people whose like moods kind of maybe fluctuate multiple times throughout the day? 
Yeah, I actually would do it as much as your moods fluctuate if you okay. if you can. If you if you struggle like I really struggle with doing something routinely. Um it's like even showers are a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's something that when you can do it it's really helpful to at least have that insight and go back on it and be like, oh, I was manic on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, I think I was still hype. I was hypomanic on Thursday. And it can kind of give you like a connect the dots type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a great way to kind of have that self-reflection and kind of increase your self-awareness of like where you're at, where you're monitoring. Cause... That too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, like I've been like the last one to know that I'm manic or I'm depressed. It's like oftentimes it's like my friends or family. It's like, hey, man, I've, I'm the one who like they're the ones noticing something, a change in my mood. And I'm always kind of the last one to know because I'm so close to the to the lens or to the fire. It's like I, I don't really know what's going on. So, yeah, I understand that. And I think one of the most powerful things is also with um, making your mood chart is also defining your moods and how you express them. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only like knowing like where, what does a seven mean for you? Because it means something different for you than it does for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for those of us maybe who are just tuning in, who maybe don't not familiar is like, I'm assuming you're like basing your scale off like the zero to 10 scale. Oh yeah. It's, um, uh, I don't know. It's like the, the bipolar UK scale, I think, okay. is my general base. Um, and it's I think it's a zero to ten scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like zero meaning yeah, like zero. Uh, like very depressed. Like probably yeah, be zero being seen... very depressed. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like either end of the spectrum, you're probably seeking treatment and like anything mm-hmm. too low or too high. But it's it's very yeah. I I look at it as something that is very up to you i think like for me an eight is getting there with hypomania a Mm -hmm. nine is like i'm manic and a 10 is like i need to go to the hospital but like my hospitalization for depression is sooner yeah yeah no i think that's good to and you can probably google like the uh like a mood chart and things like that and kind of have one if you wanted to print one and put that on your fridge or binder or your notebook i think that's a good idea and then um just to kind of piggyback off your idea what i found helpful is um maybe like an emotional wheel. I don't know if you ever seen like these emotion wheels before. Yeah, yeah those are super I helpful. Love those. Yeah, it kind of it kind of splinters off. It's like the happy, sad, angry, you know, surprised, fearful, and then within there it kind of splinters off into like a whole frame, a whole like another lens or a whole another like frame of like five or ten different emotions within that like happy, sad. It's like when you're looking at the wheel, it has like a hundred different emotions to pick from. It's really helpful. And like, really, if you're, if you're, if you're anything like me, like really hard when you're trying to find the words to describe like what kind of feeling you're looking at, looking for to describe yourself, it's really helpful to kind of look at that emotion wheel and kind of be able to pick out some emotions to describe yourself. So. Yeah, that's on. I love the apps because they give you all that, but the apps mm-hmm. are so hard for me to keep track of. So I have given up. Yeah. Yeah. No, sometimes it's nice to have. For like, now, print, I'll, print give, I'll probably give them another try. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's something that we use. I attend a a bipolar and like a mental health support group every Thursday. So like that's like what we do in our, our check in every Thursday at the beginning meeting is like, you know, we introduce ourselves and then we say where we're at on the mood chart, like zero to ten and then the kind of what emotions that we're feeling this this past week or even for the day. So it's been really helpful to kind of check in and I think just kind of raise that self awareness and just kind of like a great tool to kind of what you were talking about in addition to having a care team is just kind of managing the 
a great way to kind of manage the ups and downs of living with bipolar disorder. So, yeah. Oh, uh, let's see here. So maybe my maybe my, my last question for you, maybe for like maybe people who are just tuning in or finding like your page or my page or the podcasts or our information online, like if they're newly diagnosed, maybe what kind of general tips or advice could you give somebody who's uh, newly diagnosed with bipolar disorder? Maybe something that you would have liked to hear or maybe you'd like to heard when you were uh, first diagnosed. Um, first, I want to tell you that half the things you've heard are not true, or if they are, they're highly, highly, um, I guess, turned up by the stigma. And the things that you've heard that are true are about suicide and about this being really dangerous. So take it seriously. Take care of yourself. And you do that by, like I said, getting getting the care team, getting, getting yourself um, the right tools in your toolbox to do well. And um, I think books can be a good place to start. Communities like yours and mine can be a good place to start. Um, I know there's, like, I know, I don't know what support group you attend. I'm trying to find a support group around here, and I'm really bad at going to it, but I've been looking at NAMI. Um, and there's just a lot of different places you can go to find this support and get more people in your corner. And that's what you need right now is people in your corner. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. I'd like to, you know, add to that. It's like just, uh, reading some books, picking up some literature, kind of raising your knowledge of that and not believing in the stigma of what you might've heard through Hollywood or what's portrayed in the media or things like that. It's not always true or, yeah, social that's... Media or things like that. So. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get across. Like maybe if you've heard it in like literature or like actual, but most of the stuff in the media is really exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think NAMI is a great group. I know there's some NAMI groups locally here in my in my city where I live, and then um, I think they're just a great organization all around. And it's just good to. I'm always amazed when I step when I attend these support groups and we always have a new member. They're like, "Hi, I'm so and so, and I just got newly diagnosed." I'm just astounded by that because I wish I would have done that. I wish because it took me a couple of years to first want to accept my diagnosis and really get help, and that just like really astounds me. I'm really impressed by these people because I feel like they're so much further in their healing journey and their ability to kind of uh, handle this well. Because like they've they've accepted it and they're like, all right, I'm here, I'm with my and maybe even sometimes they bring a friend or family member to support them. It's just like really bring. I mean, sometimes it makes me want to cry because I'm like, man, they're just doing so well. In my opinion, I label that as well because they're just like just owning their shit and they're just like taking say, hey, I'm gonna take care of this. It's just like I was, I was diagnosed with like a heart condition or like you know diabetes or something like that. I'm just here with my friends and family, like getting getting the medical care I need, getting the, the medical attention I need, and kind of understanding this a little bit better. So yeah, I think that's just really great sound advice. So. Um, Jasmine, thank you so much for your time for coming on. I hope to have you on in, in future episodes. And uh, again, the bipolar badass is where we can find you on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, we'll have you on in a future episode. So, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Lifting with Bipolar podcast, and we'll catch you again next time. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Lifting with Bipolar. Stay connected with me directly through jonathancharco.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram 
at Jonathan Sharko. As always, thank you for pushing your mindset and heart towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to please leave a review of the podcast as well as subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, be kind to yourself and each other.